Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Food insecurity in this country. Serious issue. Almost 6 million Canadians last year were living with food insecurity, and 1.4 million of those Canadians were children. Today, it's not any better, and my guest will tell us that it's income, not the cost of food, which is the greater issue. Food banks are not the solution either. We'll be talking to the food bank's CEO tomorrow. The solution is something very different. Professor Valerie Tarasuk joins us from the Department of Nutritional Sciences at the University of Toronto, lead investigator for Proof, a research program which studies household food insecurity across Canada. Uh, Professor Tarasuk, thank you very much for taking the time. Tell us, please, what the objectives of Proof are, and how do you define food insecurity? Let me start with the second question. So we define food insecurity as inadequate or insecure access to food due to financial constraints. And so it's all those pieces, inadequate, insecure, and due to financial constraints. That's the way food insecurity is measured and monitored in Canada. Um, and so the objectives of proof, we started in 2011, and we came together with a goal to... Um, to identify policy options to address this problem. I mean, by 2011, it was already clear that food insecurity was a big issue in Canada and that it was uh, kind of, that it was festering, right? That there wasn't really any uptake, even though there'd been a lot of documentation of problems, there wasn't really anybody doing anything about it. And so we started to use national survey data that's monitoring the problem to try to get a handle on what could be done. It's terribly disturbing to read when it comes to food insecurity in this country that last year, 5.8 million people were food insecure and really disturbing to know that 1.4 million of those people were children. Um, can, Can you provide a perspective on that, please? And what will that number perhaps look like now, given the increasing cost of food when tied to inflation? Yeah. The the experiences that get measured that, you know, those 5.8 million people would be living with range from worrying about running out of food and not having money to buy more. So, you know, anxiety, but around, you know, a threat of fairly significant deprivation through to um, compromising quality. And at its most extreme, people reducing what they, you know, the amount they eat actually going hungry because of a lack of food. So in that 5.8 million, we spend that spectrum. Not everybody is going hungry, but anybody in that 5.8 is somebody who's reported fairly significant concerns about their ability to feed themselves and their family. Um, what does it, what does it look like now? Well, the most worrisome part of food insecurity is the bottom end of that continuum, the severe food insecurity. Um, so, you know, people who truly um, at times have not got enough to eat because of a lack of money for food. And my fear is as food prices have risen so much and also, you know, fuel uh, rents, basic needs, you know, have become more expensive. My fear is that more of this 5.8 million will be pushed down to the bottom end of that spectrum. So, you know, their experiences of hardship will be even worse. 
um, because whatever money they have go, is going less far right now. Yeah. I sometimes put uh, two surveys or two sets of statistics together to come up with this story. And, and I'll do that here. 5.8 million Canadians last year, food insecure. At the same time, we've been hearing for a number of years that close to 50%, sometimes slightly over, sometimes slightly under the 50% mark of Canadians are within $200 of not being able to pay their bills at the end of the month. So when you take that and you put that together with the food insecurity issue, that's a very troubling reality, and particularly for a first world country that is a breadbasket country. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, some of those people that aren't going to be able to pay their bills, you know, they'll, they'll incur debt. Um, and maybe they'll end up having to default on something like, uh, you know, a car lease or something. But, you know, not all of them will get to a point where they're actually, you know, concerned about their ability to get enough to eat because of the problems. But what we, what we know for sure, it's good that you're putting the pieces together because what we know for sure, we, we identify as people, people as food insecure by asking a bunch of questions, 18 questions actually, about um, their experiences of being able to access the food they need. But as soon as we scratch the surface, what we find is that people who are living in food insecure situations invariably, especially if they're severely food insecure, they're invariably um, struggling to pay rent, utilities, telecommunications bills. If they have prescription medications, and most of them do because food insecurity is very, very tightly tied to poor health in this country. So people with prescription medications, if there's any cost associated with them, are very likely not to be filling those prescriptions or taking them as prescribed. So, you know, we, we start with seeing the problem through the lens of food because it's a very good way to find people that are really, really struggling financially. But as soon as you open up the door, what you start to see is all kinds of other um, manifestations of financial hardship that are all coming together in that same household. Yeah, we have 30 seconds left. Would you put this together for us, please? Um, income has a greater impact on food insecurity than food prices. How does that work? Well, it's for the reason I just said, that if... Because by the food, food isn't a budget item in it, you know, by itself. That the amount of money somebody has in their purse to spend on food is a function of how much money comes into that purse, but also how much else has to go for rent and other things. So, you know, a small the proportion of income typically that Canadians spend on food is I don't know somewhere around ten, twelve, fourteen percent, maybe fifteen percent. It's not that much. So the bigger the bigger influences, you know, if the price of, I don't know, cabbage goes up, the bigger drivers are how much money's in that purse. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 